0: You're listening to Country Life with Keith Fahey on Galway Bay FM. Good evening, I'm Keith Fahey and welcome to this week's edition of Country Life. On the show this week, I'll be talking to Gerald Coyne, Chairperson of the Connemara Beekeeper Society. Kevin Graney, Grassland Student of the Year for the diploma in dairy herd management, and Serena Gibbons, Education Officer in Chagas in Athenry. Plus, we will have all the latest from the marts and any farming news from across the country. And to get in contact with the show, you can email us on countrylife at So that's country at So if you have any questions or queries or any topics you'd like covered or any questions, don't give us don't hesitate to give us a, a contact or an email on country at Dot I. So just onto some Mart reports we got in there. So the Tune Mart. Um, the last cattle sale at Chumart for 2022 uh, on Monday sample cow yesterday sample cow prices included a 665 kilo charlie sold for 1710 or 257 a kilo a 565 kilo cemental cross sold for 1460 or 258 a kilo an 830 kilo Abery and Angus um, cow made 2230 or 269 a kilo some sample bullock prices included a 325 kilo cemental sold for 1010 or 311 a kilo a 700 25 kilo limousine cross bullock made 19.90 or 2.74 a kilo a 535 kilo charlie cross made uh, 3, euro on se- 3 euro and 7 cent a kilo which equated to 16.40 then some sample heifer prices included a 405 kilo limousine cross made 11.90 or 2.94 a kilo a 485 kilo limousine cross made 15.80 or 3.13 a kilo some sample whaling heifer prices from Tune Mart on Monday gone by a 2.20 kilo Limousine cross mid six ninety or three hundred fourteen a kilo, at three fifty five kilo limousine cross mid eleven seventy or three thirty a kilo, and two hundred eighty kilo um Sample uh, heifer price made uh, nine hundred euro or three twenty one a kilo. Then onto some sampling Wainling bull prices included two hundred eighty five kilo limousine cross made, selling for nine eighty or three forty four a kilo, a two hundred thirty five kilo Shirley cross and um, sold for seven hundred thirty or three euro and eleven cent a kilo. And Shoe Mart will reopen for its sheep sales in twenty twenty three on the Tuesday the third of January and Monday the sixteenth of January for cattle sales. Then onto the Mart sheep sale on seven, the. 17th of uh, December uh, the smaller number of sheep on offer to the previous week due to bad weather and poor road conditions good quality lambs were a brisk trade with stag having a similar trade to the previous week and some sample prices for lambs include 4 weather lambs weighing 48 kilos sold for 148 euro 6 ram lambs weighing 43 kilos sold for 129 euro 8 weather lambs at 52 kilos selling for 155 then on some stag yields. there was a good turnout of stag considering the road conditions there was a similar trade to the previous previous week sample prices for stag yos one yo seventy one point five kilos sold for seventy, one yo ninety eight point five kilos sold for one thirty, an eighty nine kilo yo sold for one hundred and thirty kilo uh, hundred and thirty euro, eighty nine kilos uh, one hundred and thirty euro, five yo's at ninety nine kilos sold for one hundred and fifty five, and the sheep sales resume on Saturday the seventh of September or sorry, sorry the seventh of January um, and cattle sales resume at the end of january twenty three. And just some information the National Beef Conference was held in the Shearwater Hotel in Banlaslow Tuesday the 13th of December and um, I was there and met some of the speakers on on the night so there was a a broad range of speakers um, on the night from Dr Paul Crossan um, speaking on the assessing the potential to improve key profit drivers on beef farms and it was opened by Frank O'Mara and Pat Clark Um, Abattoir lesions in cattle are associated with an increase Increased age of slaughter, and that was um, covered by Dr. Muner um, from AHI or Animal Health Ireland. Uh, then they spoke on the reduced age of first calving for suckler heifers, a key profit driver for beef farmers. And Dr. Colin Byrne, who is a beef first researcher in Chagas Grange, and Farmer Shane Keevney, who is a future beef farmer from County Roscommon, spoke on that, calving heifers at 24 months. Um, has red clover a role in your beef production system? Dr. Nikki Byrne and Peter Doyle, beef researchers in Chagas Grange. And and Martin Connolly was the farmer there who was a dairy calf to be farmer buying all Frisian bull calves, a uh, dairy calf to be 500 farmer from County Roscommon. Then uh, there was a panel discussion facilitated by Matt O'Keefe from the Irish Farmers Monthly, who was an editor of the Irish Farmers Monthly. Uh, and on the, on the panel, there was uh, Professor Sinead Waters from Chagas, Dr. Dominique Kroll from Chagas as well, Dr. Andrew Cromie from ICBF, and Pierce Kelly, um, beef specialist from Chagas. Um, and Pat Dillon closed the conference. So there was a lot of different uh, topics on there. The main ones being the profit drivers of calving heifers from twenty two to twenty six months of age, um, and how this can be more profitable than calving heifers at thirty to thirty six months, as as they're obviously less time on the farm, they last longer and have less calving issues. And uh, there was an interesting, very interesting talk from um, Nikki Byrne, um, the uh, fellow Galway. Um, um, man spoke on um, growing some red clover so that was very interesting and how they're doing that in Grange and the different um the different areas that the red clover is good on and that it is a low nitrogen requirement, obviously, due to the fixation uh, root, root nodules in the clover. Um, so a lot of slurry and uh, 0730 was being spread here um, for the clover. And now it can be cut three to four times. Um, they targeted cutting three times in Chagas and Grange, with the fourth time being mulched into the ground to build some organic matter as well. Um, and it can stay in... in, in a high cut rotation from 3 to 4 times a year um, and can last from 4 to 5 years depending on how it is um, managed Um, red clover silage caswards can produce high herbage yields without the need for chemical nitrogen fertiliser inputs is low uh, due to its ability to fix in excess of 200 kilos of nitrogen annually red clover is more suited to silage than grazing systems due to its um, growth habits Uh, the high intake potential of red clover silage compared to grass silage can increase animal live weight gain harvesting red clover at 6 to 8 week intervals can help swar persist for 3 to 4 years um, however it would have to be re-sown or put it back into grass then after that red clover silage has an economic advantage over grass silage at current prices high levels of management are necessary for red clover silage swards compared to conventional grass silage so there was a lot of different um, topics covered there at the National Beef Conference uh, held in Bannon slow um, last week So next up we're delighted to have Kevin Graney so Kevin uh, won the Grassland Student of the Year Award for the Chagas Professional uh, Diploma in Dairy Farm Management. Kevin, uh, you're very welcome onto Country Life. We're delighted to have you on and it's great to hear a bit of silverware coming towards Galway as well. So congrats and well done.
1: Thanks very much. Thank you. Yes, yeah, no harm. seen you know, if it's a bit of silverware coming back to West.
0: Very good, very good. Good man. And so can you tell us a li- maybe a little bit about your, your own farming background or how you got the interest in dairying?
1: Yeah, so I'd be from uh, Rahoon there in Galway myself, just two or three kilometres outside the city there. The city's nearly coming into us. And uh, my granddad would have been milking around 40, 45 Holstein, Friesian, Pedigree cows, big black and white cows. Um, And so my mom would went to ag college and my dad would have been back there as well, helping my granddad. And that's where I got the interest, where my dad would bring me back from a young age and kind of get me into around the cows and the machinery. And... uh, And because my mom went to agricultural college, I thought maybe I want to go there as well. So I went there after, straight after my leaving search and did two years in uh, Mount Belieu. And that's really where my farming career kind of started just after
0: leaving school. Very good, very good. Sure, uh, the the Kodires would have been a a, a very strong uh, f- um, farming family as well in the rahun area with them. The pedigree herd, and they would be known throughout Ireland as well for their breeding and that. So, you obviously, uh, you know, there was a lot of interest there, a lot of attention to detail in terms of breeding and milk recording and all that as well. So, I suppose you picked the course in, and why did you decide in going with the the um, the dairy um, herd management course? Um, uh, Kevin, or what location were you based in yourself when you were doing the course?
1: Yeah, so I started, so I start. I did the I did the green search throughout in Mount Bellew for two years. And then after I was finished that, I had a decision, I applied to more courses there to the CEO, so I would have gotten some through the green search, at level five and level six, but I chose the level seven, the diploma in Dairy Manager down in Moorpark as it was more of a practical course and it was more hands-on I wouldn't be I wouldn't last too long in lectures four or five days a week and only maybe getting out and farm maybe two or three times a month so I went through the practical side so I uh, I applied for that course after I finished Montbello and mm-hmm. my, they, where I did my placement in level six I did it on Henry Walsh's farm and he would uh, kind of influence me to go to that as I was telling him and he said go first and so I applied for it anyway and I did an interview and uh, they got back to me two or three or maybe four weeks later saying I uh, got a place in the course. So I was delighted with that.
0: Very good. And so what kind of maybe modules or co- um, topics were covered, we'll say, as part of the course there, Kevin, just for people that may be interested in doing the da- the Diploma in Dairy Herd Management?
1: Yeah. So it starts off, but you cover more or less really everything. So you start off with cow types and breeding and what uh, what cows do they cross with and what has the best fat and protein and... Milk production and kilos of milk solids per cow pr- produced per year, and uh, a big one as well would be the grassland. Obviously, so so the way in a progressive farm, grassland management is n- nearly the number one important factor of farming for profit. Uh, breeding would be a good, a big one as well in the course. Um, your say your six week calving rate and your well, your six week in calf rate as well, and your submission rate and and empty rates. Etc. Is um, well, what you wouldn't really cover in your level five and level six is your mainly your, your dairy business. So the business side of the of dairy farming, you cover a lot in this course, which is which was very uh, which was very important. So cash flow, budgets, and um, business plans, five-year business plans, and stuff like that. So I very I enjoyed nearly all of it. So it was very good.
0: Okay, very good. And so you would have probably done some of the the grass measuring and we'll say the likes of pasture bases and that uh, on Henry's farm. So that kind of where you got a good knowledge maybe or where you began in terms of grassland management.
1: Yeah, I'd always have an interest in grass now. I'd say, yeah, I guess I did my level five placement as well on Pork Connell's farm in Claregoa. Yeah. He would have been big into his grassland management, so he'd be zero grazing stuff. So, so I took an interest really around when I started and we we did bit with there and obviously in Mount Bellew. Uh, our um, lecturer, lecture Pat Egan would have brought us out doing grass measuring. at the time geez we didn't know really what was going on until until you're actually doing it practically on a farm and you get to know the ins and outs of it and the reasons for it. And once you know that you every you think every farmer should be at it. So yeah, I really started it when I was in Porks and Henry's Farming. Henry would be a, an excellent grassland uh, farmer for his for the stocking rate of cows he has and the way he manages and the grass he grows per, per year. Okay. And then he utilises as well.
0: And you're obviously very, you know, very good at it and you picked it up very well when you obviously won the Grassland Award, so it was brilliant. And maybe what was, tell us what was involved in, in achieving the award. Was there an interview process or how did it go about?
1: Yeah, overall it went, was on your project-based work. So there would have been a nice few assignments in in the in this course and when you go into your second year, uh, I think it goes on. You have a big you have a big grassland manag- uh, grassland uh, management uh, project. I, to my knowledge, they give you that around I think is it April or May, and then it's June and around July. And it's one of the biggest projects. It's one of the biggest projects in the um, in the course. And I think they add in all of your other grassland smaller grassland projects in it, and your overall score and whoever comes out with the higher percentage in the project would be given the award. In
0: okay. Way it works. Very good, very good. And so what's the plan for the future? What would you like to do next?
1: Yeah, so currently I'm still... Uh, I, I stayed on where I was working there for my second year in Seamus Quigley's farm over in Ballydubin in Loughray. Uh, I'm currently still here. They asked me to stay on, and uh, I'm more than happy to stay on. So I'll be here probably till... i say I'll still be here till maybe May or June, uh and maybe take a, a small bit of, a, bit of the summer off. And a, we're going to talk about maybe going over to New Zealand in August and doing a bit of cabin and machinery work. It just that's my That would be my short-term goal.
0: Okay, very good. Long-term goal is... Yeah, yeah sorry.
1: Um, and my long-term goal would be then to either go into a milking arrangement or lease a Lisa farm, whichever, whichever comes my way, whichever I'd be happy to pick.
0: Okay, very good. And so, what's your the daily routine? We'll say on the farm you're working at at the minute. Uh what's the different areas you're working on, or you, obviously at this time of the year you've probably a lot of the cows dried off, if not them all. Or what What's the plan now? You've probably quietened down a bit.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we're just after drying off the cows there. Um, there um, Saturday, so we're we're only after stopping milking there, but we're still kept busy with outside and lining cubicles and there now today we're currently we're teaching sealing all the heifers there which is a, we find is a good job so that's today's job and really just feeding out and dosing in cubicles is what we're at these days and then the new year come in then we'll be gearing up for this cab and then getting sheds ready.
0: Very good I suppose uh, Kevin what advice would you give to you know people your own era will say or that are very interested in doing this course would you be advising people to go for the course?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, to, to get the practical side of it, like you're out every day, five days a week, six probably more than likely six days a week during the spring, and you're getting stuck into it. And like, if you get a nice, good farm, the, the farm manager or farm owner will give you all the responsibility you want, and that's what I find is the only way you're going to learn. It's not if you're looking at someone, it's if you're doing it, if you're, if you're doing the work yourself. That's what I find. That's the best way to learn. And so if someone has the commitment to do all the hard work and the, that they should definitely do it then, yeah.
0: Okay, very good. And I suppose it's vitally important then as well that you, you know, you pick a very good farm as well, as you mentioned there. You know, you you obviously pick three very good farms that you work on, Park O'Connell's and Henry Walsh and the Quigley's farm. Be all very good uh, grassland managers and good farmers. You know, it's it's vital I suppose when you do pick a farm that, you know, you're you're learning from people that are willing to explain things to you as well, uh, I I suppose, Kevin.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if the farmer has good patience and is willing to learn a student, you'll you'll enjoy the work there. You won't you won't really find yourself doing hard work. Once you enjoy it and you have an interest and once you leave the farm every day with a new bit of information learned, you you'd be happy out, you'll be doing well. And that's that's what I've been doing most of the time there the last years so, is trying to learn as much as I can.
0: Very good, Kevin. It was uh, great to have you on. It was nice to get a a positive uh, young person really interested in farming and a very positive vibe on the future of Irish agriculture. So, Kevin Graney, the Grassland Student of the Year for the Diploma in herd management with Chagas. So, uh, thanks very much, Kevin, for coming on. So, we're delighted to have uh, Jared Kine on the line. So, Jared is the chairperson of the Connemara Bee Keepers Society and vice chair of the Native Irish Bee Society. Jared, uh, you're very welcome on to Country Life, and you might give our listeners a background um, to yourself and how you got involved with the Bee Society.
2: Well, thank you, Keith, and thank you for having me having me on. Uh, uh, well, I've had interest in bees all my all my life, but about thirty years ago, I, I got uh, I, well, I got, you could see I got more interested. And I started doing it serious and, uh, and then I got an interest in, in 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 rearing queens. And 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 I suppose it's like any other farm enterprise. You know, we are so used to being with cattle and sheep, and I, I went down that route And I'm I'm now producing a lot of a lot of queen bees, native either honey bees. That, that's been my my enterprise now in the in the bees for the last oh the last 20 years, but. Uh, so, and of course, the, of course, there's, there's always a the bit of honey that's to be produced, and that's that's always a big in big demand. And then I started, well, I started running the beginners courses. In we we founded Cronemara Beekeepers back in, in in 2010, and and I've been running the beginners courses there every year. So there's been a big uptake in beekeeping in in the, in that time since we we I mean we'd we'd have 30 or 35 every new beginners every year. And some of them will go on to become good beekeepers others will will will, will um, say you know it's not for us and we'll they'll go at something else but we, we have a good we've we've about 90 members now in our, in our association here
0: okay very yeah. good very good and what are the main type of or breeds of bees in Ireland um Jared?
2: well the main type of bee is our native honeybee cuz like it our honeybee is it's a, it's a it's a it's a subspecies of the, the european honeybee and our native bee, uh, the proper name is Apis mellifera. mellifera The species is Apis mellifera, but uh, they've all uh, evolved since the Ice Age to different parts of Europe. And uh, the, the, the bee that we have, it's, it's, it has adapted to our climates here in 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 the west, in, in Ireland, and in parts in the UK and parts of, of Norway and that area and in that part of Europe. But well, the problem is today that if they're moved from areas like the south, along the Mediterranean, Italy, and that areas they can now breed with 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 the with the subspecies that's here, and that's that's where we have the problems. Like now we have bees that have adapted to other regions and longer longer flowering seasons and higher temperatures and less rain and all that, you know. So that's the problem we're facing. At the moment, with, with the bees coming in, because there's always a chance that people will import bees because it's 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 not it's not illegal or anything, and then they the, we find out that they're not adapted to our climate and they they and they crossbreed with the native bee and so we're putting everything back to square one again, you know.
0: Okay, you mentioned, Gerard, you breed you uh, breed the queen bees. Um, I suppose you know for people that aren't aware, what are their roles and is it hard to breed them?
2: As, as it sounds, it's the main bee in the in the colony. It's the it's every every worker bee and every drone in that colony would be related to the queen bee because she she's the one that lays the eggs. So, so what what I would do in my in in the breeding program, like I would select good characteristics, a good uh, you know docility, docility is very important because it's amazing when they're pure when they're pure they're pure native bees how docile they can be and you can work with them you know so that would be one of the char- characteristics i would breed for others in it'd be uh, ones that have good, good over winters you know good over winter Uh good wax builders you know there, there, there's so many you'd you'd uh, and of course there's now we we have a new characteristic to look for that Disease tolerance in in our bees because a lot of a lot of disease have come in. I mean, you're probably all aware of the the, the Varroa mite that came here back in the 90s, and uh, Connemara was the last part of the country to get it. But sadly, it it is it's here. It came in. Of course, it came in on the back of a bee. of an imported bee. We didn't bring in the bees. We wouldn't have brought in the mite. But the good the good thing is that the, the bees are are uh, Certain strains of bees are tolerating it, and they're 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 it's, it's 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 manageable. We have to be very very careful how we how we monitor them, and you know because it's it's all important about keeping about keeping out disease, and uh, because uh, like the bees are, we we can say they're domesticated, they're in our hives and all that, but they are wild because they go out in the in the in the they go out in the wild to mate. That's all. That's so how that's done. The drones fly out on a fine day. The, the young queens fly out, and they mate miles from the hive. So we've no control over them in, in that in 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 that respect.
0: Okay, just in relation to the honey, then, Jared, uh, In relation to Ireland, we'll say, uh, how much honey are we producing, or maybe how much honey could a a successful hive produce in a year?
2: Oh, that could vary now from different parts of the country. I mean. Like the sunny southeast of the country is a lot better than us. Uh, they, where they have the crops, like we saw the field beans and the ice seed rapes, that they could produce hundreds pounds, a hundred pounds of honey, or probably maybe more, hundred and fifty. Like if we were to average here, in a good year, between our head and everything else, we'd we'll say fifty to sixty pounds of honey, we'd be happy. And then, of course, you leave a lot of honey to the bees for themselves. But but that's the kind of uh, production we can get from good, healthy colonies because. Once you have good, healthy colonies, they'll do they'll do the work themselves. You see, and not not to overpopulate an area with, with bees. You know, not key. Well, it's like any other any other animal. If we if we you know you have, you have to find what your area is is fit to, fit to what your area can support and, and 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 work from there. But that's about what we can we, we can produce. And um, but now there's no two years the same because. Like this year, now we had a good year. The heather came very good, and we had good. There was great mild weather in September, and there was a great crop from the heather. Don't always get that, you know. We off, if we get September bad, and uh, that can change. Then in summer, try in the earlier of the year, then we get the black the blackberry and the clover. Uh, they are our main crops, but there's there's still another a lot of other things out there. The 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 and the, the, the gorse and all that they are valuable to the bees. The willows in the spring early, the 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 early crocuses and all the dandelions, all those are important. Like they they, we could say the rougher the land is, and the the better for the bees. You know, like everything everything that grows out there, the weeds, like the thistles and all that, they're all benefits to the to the bees. Yeah. So we have to always remember not to overpopulate because. There's there's so many other species of bees out there, the wild bees like the bumble and and all those solitary bees. I, I think the figure out there is about 98 of those different species that they also need, need 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 nectar and pollen to 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 survive, you see. Okay. So we must always remember as beekeepers not to, not to overpopulate an area.
0: And bees have like yeah. bees have a massive role in in agriculture in Ireland and obviously across the world and you know can be seen in different uh, countries where they actually bring in bees you know to pollinate certain crops and that yeah. so they have a vital importance, Jared. Um,
2: well, they have a vital importance in uh, in in pollination, like in any plants, and especially like the apple trees and all those. Uh, any of the uh, uh, they play a, a vital role in pollination, and that's like. That's what we forget. Uh, we, we sometimes think of what uh, the honey that can be produced from, from from a colony of bees, but it's the other work they do in pollination. Like you know, that's that that that's vital to to to, to farming. I mean, and uh, like the, the 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 farming practice that we were used to back, be, you know, before the days of, of putting out nitrogen and all this. was, you know, you you had the meadows, which were so important. The, 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 the like the old meadows were, were full of all a variety of flowers I mean that's not so today We have a, a meadow today' that's got a swart of green good green rich grass good good, good for our, our animals but no good to the wildlife so any like areas now where especially with the new schemes and areas that's not as fertilized as heavy it's it's, it''s it's a big improvement for for the bees and all the other pollinators.
0: Okay, very good. Jerry Coyne, uh, it was lovely to have you on the line, um, and we appreciate all the work you're doing with the Connemara Bee Keeping Society and the Irish Native Bee Society. So, thanks very much for coming on Country Life. So, next up on Country Life, we're delighted to have Serena Gibbons. So, Serena, you work as an education officer in Athenry um in the Chagas campus in Athenry. So, you um, obviously teach the Green Cert, the Level 5 and the Level 6. I suppose, Serena, what are the main advantages of completing the Green Cert? Hi,
3: Keith. Yeah, well. The green cert, I suppose, it's one of those unique courses where it isn't only the educational value, but the additional value um, to the student, such as stamp duty relief for students that's under 35 on the transfer of the farm or if they're purchasing land. It's also beneficial to qualify for ag relief where there's um, you know capital acquisitions tax. It's also the extra top up for the TAMS grant where the, the normal farmer rate would be 40%. And with the green cert and under the age of 40, students are eligible for a 60% TAMS grant. And then you have the Young Farmer Scheme that's coming in, you know, under the cap 2023, which will be additional top-up payment for five years, kind of like a, an in, to replace the installation aid. So there's there's a, a whole host of advantages to completing the, the green cert.
0: Okay. And what options are available, Serena, in um, County Galway to complete the green cert?
3: Yeah, well there's three options really. I suppose anybody that, that's of the school leaver age under the age 23, 23 can apply to any of the ag colleges. Mount Belly would be our local ag college in Galway. That's the full time course. There's also the distance course. This will be an accelerated course for award holders. That will be students who have uh, another qualification in a non-ag area such in a, as a, a trade or an apprentice. apprenticeship completed um, or a diploma or degree. And then there's the part-time course, and that's for the over-23s who would be, I suppose, farming at home, maybe working off-farm as well.
0: Okay. And uh, when is the next available part-time course, uh, Serena?
3: Yeah, it's a part-time course that I have in and Ryan. The next available one's coming up shortly, and I were starting a new course on Wednesday, the 11th of January, so applications are, are available from the office, and Athenry office, or you can email myself, Serena Gibbons, at uh, chagos.ie for an application. So there's a few places left on the, the part-time course in Athenry.
0: And how long does the course last?
3: It's an 18-month course, so we'll be starting in January and we'll be completing the course by May 2024. So anybody that will be wishing to apply for the Young Farmer scheme by May 2024 that have their course completed and be eligible to apply uh, at that stage. And what does the course
0: cost roughly, uh, Serena?
3: Yeah, so the course fees, it's 1700 for the 18 month course and that's payable on commencement of the course.
0: Okay, and what modules could uh, students be expected to cover, we'll say, as part of the course? Or is there different titles of courses?
3: Yeah, well, there's 11 modules in Level 5, which sounds like a lot, but a lot of them would be over, you know, they'd be overlapping, The big grass and um, then the main husbandry ones would be sheep, beef husbandry, um, soils and the environment. Uh, a lot of the business modules then would be like, you know, new applications, farm business and tech and profitability, e-profit monitor. And there's a health and safety module as well.
0: OK, so the students firstly qualify with the Level 5 and then they go on to the Level 6, I presume?
3: Yes, the level six then is I suppose more project based and that's really based on the theory that they, they learned in level five and then they take into account their home farm situation for level six. So you are doing applied animal breeding based on their own own home farm, the business plan on their home farm and you know grass measuring on their home farm. So, so it's putting all of the knowledge that they've learned in level five into practice for the assignments in level six.
0: Okay, and in, in the diaries then are another part of it?
3: Yeah, the diaries have, are sort of uh, I've been replaced now by um, a project for your own home farm so say if it's something you wanted to do a bit of research on like rainwater harvesting or renewable energies the students have an opportunity to do a project on that particular area that you know that they might be able to implement on their own farm so that's they get a chance to maybe be guided by the tutors on what what sort of um, projects they would like to to carry out.
0: So similar to the, the leave-insert agricultural science kind of has changed from we'll say a folder approach which was similar I suppose to the diaries um, and has gone to a lot of the education now going forward it seems to be going with project or results kind of based uh, driven. Yeah
3: exactly kind of a scenario case where um, they can they get a chance to maybe look at something that they'd be able to actually have a hands-on experience um, and okay. Um,
0: yeah. And I suppose it's a, it's very practical as well in terms of, you know, you mentioned grass measuring. So they obviously learn how to do it in class, um, the different steps involved. I suppose you, you make them familiar with the pasture base and the different tools and technologies involved in, in through chagas, through the pasture base and that. And then I suppose it's quite practical as well as I've seen you you, you bring them out in fields and you try and get them to measure measure and allocate grasses to different based on the different animals, will say whether it be beef or sheep or dairy. Um, so it is very practical to their own farm even if they have a field they can calculate maybe how long their 10 or 20 or 30 cattle will last
3: in the field. That's right, yeah. So we, we, we'll get every student to measure their grass and it could be maybe just four paddocks for for a four week period and then what type of cattle or what animals they're going to put into it and how long they can last. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good practical application of what they've learned. And then also we do sheep and beef husbandry skills either on host farms or in Mount Bellew as well. So they get hands on practical skills as well and taking soil samples. There's also tractor skills and tractor safety as well as part of the the health and safety module.
0: Very good, we had, we had Kevin Graney on earlier he did the diploma, the level 7 in um in um, diploma in herd management dairy herd management and he won the grassland uh, farmer of the year so he, he also mentioned you know the benefits of how he went from a level 5 to a level 6 and then he went on to do his level 7 so you know if, if even if students don't get the points we'll say or they're not sure on what they'd like to do and if they want to start off doing the green search let it be level 5, level 6 you know there's a great opportunity there for students student to build from you know a level 5, level 6, 7 up to a degree or a master's is you know there's a lot of opportunities for students there uh, Serena.
3: Yeah absolutely it's not the end of the world if you don't get into your level 8 degree program because there's there's great progression now everything is very clear you know from level 5 to level 8 there's clear stepping stones from one course to the next so yeah absolutely it's um, it's worth considering because it's got you qualify as a young trained farmer once you have the, the full level six and then you can progress on to level seven and eight which might you know bring bring you to employment within the ag industry while still having your your home farm.
0: Okay so if you just want to give a, an overall um, your contact detail for yourself um, if people if anyone listening has an interest in doing the next course um when it's starting and how they can contact you Serena.
3: Yeah, so it's starting on Wednesday, the 11th of January, 10 o'clock. And the way it'll run, it's a part-time course, but it'll be full day every second Wednesday. And then the alternate week, it's two evenings, a Tuesday and Thursday evening. And it runs from January to June. We're off for July and August. And then from September to Christmas again. And then from January to May. So May 24, it's um, the completion date. And you can get an application form for myself. So my email address is serena.gibbons at chagas.ie or you can just ring the Atmarai office and we can send you out an application. And that's 091 845 200.
0: So that's 091 845 200 or serena.gibbons at chagas.ie to get more information on the Green Search. Serena, thanks very much for coming on Country Life. So we'd like to thank all our speakers for this evening. So we had Kevin Graney, Grassland, um, student of the Year for the Diploma in Dairy Heart Management I would like to thank Gerard Kine from the Connemara Beekeeping Society and Serena Gibbons who teaches the green cert at Thin Rye so just a couple of queries there we had a few questions in uh, one of them was in relation to soil sampling when is the best time to take a soil sample so I suppose now uh, now that all the dung and slurry has been spread and fertiliser obviously as we're in the closed period and that uh, no fertiliser or manure has gone out in the last couple of months uh, so actually from now on is an ideal time uh, to fertilise as you get a great insight in relation to the pH the the p and the k and um, so you can't really test for the the nitrogen in the soil so the most samples that come back uh, the basic sample will give you a lime so a ph requirement uh, a p a phosphorus and a k so that's potassium so now is a great time to take your soil samples um and you obviously want to do take a sample uh, relative to the field so doing a v or a w in the field when taking the sample is very important so that you you know you get a, an adequate uh, result from different parts of the field so uh, a W uh, walk in a W shape uh, when taking a soil sample. Um, the cost is roughly 25 euro per sample um, is the price Chagas charged to go out and take a soil sample um, there's also a range of other soil samples available which are obviously more expensive. You can get a detailed uh, mineral um, analysis in relation to soil sampling as well um, then there's other lawn samples so if people growing vegetables or lawns or flowers uh, they can get much more detailed ones as well um, so they're obviously they cost a lot more than the 25 so it's basically 25 euro um, for your basic uh, lime P and K sample. so that'll tell you how much lime you need to spread uh, and what indexes your P and K is in so and the P indexes goes from 1 to 4 and the K index goes from 1 to 4 as well so uh, not to 3 3.1 to 5 5.1 to 8 and then above um, so that's the, the 1, 2, 3 and 4 of the um the P indexes and then from for the K indexes goes from not to 50 51 to 100 101 to 150 and anything above 151 then is index 4 for k Um, so and for anyone that's not familiar so when you hear of an 18 6 12 fertilizer the 18 is the nitrogen so it's an npk fertilizer so your 18 is your nitrogen um, your 18 6 your 6 is your p your phosphorus and your 12 then is obviously your k for potassium so roughly a now is a great time to style sample and before uh, anyone spreads any slurry uh, next year and it costs us roughly 25 euro and one you need one for at least every four to five hectares depending on whether you're in derogation or not you need more samples um, but generally one for every four hectares or ten acres would be suffice. Um, Another uh, question we had there was a uh, what is the forecast for the beef price so um, I suppose if we look back uh, for the last couple of weeks we've seen a, a good jump on beef price um, at the minute we're looking at close and certain farmers are, are achieving around the 5 euro base price at the moment um, there's a good demand for Hereford and Angus type cattle as well and uh, so there's good bonus being paid on those as well um, with your quality assurance obviously on top of that so the base price at the minute is touching the 5 euro in places um, and the there's better deals there for people with with larger numbers as well so there is um, the factories are keen um, from what I hear at the moment um, and the beef price is on the way up which is obviously needed as well as farmers are paying in excess of 460 and 470 a ton and for for, for, uh, a good finishing ration at the minute as well so we also had another question there in relation to the sheep improvement scheme Um, so I suppose you know for anyone who may not be familiar with the sheep improvement scheme um, it's following on from the The sheep welfare scheme so it's basically much the same. Uh, The sheep improvement scheme provides financial support to farmers for taking extra steps uh, to ensure the welfare of their flocks and farmers get 12 euro per breeding year for uh, completing flock uh, welfare measures. And how do farmers qualify? They must submit a a BPS or a BIS application for each year of the the participation and also submit uh, the sheep census, which is actually out this week as well, uh, for each year during the lifetime of the scheme. An exception is meant to new entrants so obviously people getting in into sheep they must have an active uh, herd number as well or uh, be a new entrant to maintain the required number of breeding goes for the duration of the scheme you must complete two welfare measures also as well as part of the payment it will also be necessary to complete the genotyped ram action so this is obviously new uh, for anyone that would be familiar with the old one so farmers now must buy a genotyped ram and if the farmer in question has a reference breeding or a reference number of more than 150 breeding goats um, they will need uh, two genotyped so if you have over 150 yos, you need a, um, a genotype uh, action twice over the lifetime of the scheme. As so if, if you have less than 150, uh, you only need the one. So the targeted welfare areas include lameness control, mineral supplementation of ewes post-mating, meal feeding of lambs post-weaning, um, parasite control, fecal egg count, management of uh, scanning fly strike mineral supplementation of lambs pre weaning and uh, the genotype ram action and obviously uh, it's split into two as well um, where you have the hill flocks and you have the lowland flock um, you must also maintain necessary records to comply with the terms and conditions of the scheme. Um, and the Sheep Improvement Scheme has been introduced to enhance the animal health and welfare in the sheep sector and requires farmers to go beyond mandatory standards. So that's why they get the, the €12 Euro, uh, per breeding yo uh, from the scheme year will run from the 1st of February 2023 to the 31st of December 2023. So... Um so uh and it will continue on after that then in relation to the uh, the extension um where uh, where that is applicable. Uh just then in relation to the suckler carbon efficiency scheme, so that's another scheme there that'll be available next year. So it's carrying on from um the succular uh, the BDGP and that for for farmers. Now it must also be noted as well that farmers must also uh, be a member of the BORBIA. So that wasn't a a requirement in the past. So you must be a member of the BORBIA to join the new BDGP uh, scheme, which will be incorporated into the b scheme as well. So that's uh, what it's looking like going forward as well. Um, So look, um, we'd like to thank all our listeners and our speakers throughout the year. And I suppose that's it for uh, 2022 from all here in Country Life. Uh, we're delighted with all the feedback, the positive feedback and the comments in which we have received since the beginning of the show in July. So um, we'd, I'd like to thank in particular uh, Dylan and Matthew, the two sound engineers. Uh, pardon the pun, lads. Uh, I have to say they've been a wonderful help in recording the show. Um, and to all here at Galway Bay FM as well and in Chagas in Aten Um we, you know, We're delighted uh, to be running the show in connection with um, Galway Bay FM um, so from all here on Galway BfM FM we'd like to, to wish all our listeners uh, a very happy Christmas and best wishes for 2023 and if anyone has any queries please don't hesitate to email us on life at ie. so that's life at uh, ie. and up next is uh, Melodies with Valerie Hughes so thanks to all our listeners for the year and we will uh, be back again in 2023 in January so many thanks to all our listeners and our speakers throughout the year We we will we'll talk to you again next year